0: everyone it's henry devries from indie books international welcome to the marketing with a book podcast so thanks for joining us today where we look at different issues on how independent consultants can attract high paying clients by marketing with a book and a speech we have a motto at indie books international that the book is the number one marketing tool and the speech is the number one marketing strategy. We're talking about a very special kind of speech today, the best speech you can give in our estimation. And we have an expert who's done it, been there, done that to share thoughts with you today. Before we do that, we like to have our author roll call. We like to have our authors stand and deliver and just introduce yourself very briefly and the title of your book, or the title of your upcoming book. So this is a way for our indie family of authors to get to know each other better. And we really think the magic is in relationships when it comes to marketing with a book and a speech. Uh, As Lily Tomlin says, we're all in this alone. And we like to counter that by, we need to be in this together. And it's speakers and authors helping speakers and authors. And that's what we're all about. So now for that author roll call, I'd like to start with uh, Christopher and then Craig and then David. Hello, everybody. My name is Christopher Hodges. I am the author of a book that's changed titles a few times. Right now, it's titled Noble Automation, Embrace Automation and Motivate Your Team. And I'm in Denver. Thanks, Chris. And. Uh, I think I mentioned Craig, and then David.
1: I'm Craig Lauder, and I'm the author of the book, Smooth Selling Forever, Charting Your Company's Course for Predictable and Sustainable Sales Growth. And I've been a huge advocate of Henry and Mark since they were pups.
0: Thanks, Craig. Thanks for being with us. We're going to hear more from Craig today. He's our special guest. So let's go on to. Uh, I'll do the baseball thing. Uh, David's up. Doctor Carey's on deck, and Joe Palo is in the hole.
2: Thanks, Henry. Hi, I'm David Goldman, and I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I wrote the book, "The Road to Happiness:
1: How to Get What You Really Want."
0: Thank you, David and lead singer in a oldies band in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So um, I'm sorry, who did I say next? I think I'm up next, Henry, Dr. Dr. Carey, yeah. Hi, I'm Dr. Carey. I am in Denver, Colorado, and I am actually in the process of getting my book, my manuscript edited so I can get it into Henry and it is called Self Help on the Go. I am the president of Indie Books International imbued with great power. You will deliver that book to me. I will deliver that book to you. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Was that over the top? I never can tell. Okay, Okay. Uh, so how about uh, Louisa and Mark? Hello everyone, I'm Louisa Drescher. I'm in Minnesota. I am the proud, you know, Writer of Mastering Cultural Differences: Strategies for Leading a, um, a Global Workforce. I work with organizations that want team members to understand cultural differences and
1: work well across with, with those differences.
0: Thank you. Second time I'm seeing you today.
1: Yeah, know.
0: <laughs> can't see you too much. Okay, <laughs> seeing a lot of people several times today. Good to see you. <laughs> um, and how about uh, our chairman of Indie Books, uh, Mark? LeBlanc.
2: Hey, thank you, Henry. Good to be with all of you again uh, today. Um, excited and proud to be uh, a co-author or tri-author in the new book, Rainmaker Confidential, uh, uh, alongside Henry and Scott Love. Thanks. Did I catch all our authors? I think I
0: did. Um, I think you missed what? me, Henry.
2: If that's
0: fine. Oh, Joe Palo. How could I miss you? It hey happens. Away, Joe.
2: Uh, it happens. Uh, my name is Joe Palo. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The title of my book is How to Sell Nothing Better Than Everybody Else.
0: Now, Joe, I sent you some really good covers today. So maybe, yes, you, maybe did. you could hold up a real cover.
2: Um, but I kind of like it, but I, I, I did like what you said.
0: Yeah. Um, what some people do is they'll, take, they'll uh, cut out the PDF artwork of the one they like, take a book and tape or glue that to the front of the book and you hold up a fake book, uh, but it, it has, shows your cover. So uh, this, we're, we're teaching you all the tricks here, all the way sausage gets made and book publishing and, and the speaking business. Speaking of the speaking business, and maybe somebody who could speak on it, uh, Mark LeBlanc, do you have a piece of wisdom to share today?
2: Thank you, Henry. And um, maybe a little different perspective today. Uh, there's a saying that you are most likely familiar with, and, and that is, um, move outside your comfort zone, and, and that's where we should live. Um, that, always, that phrase always bothered me a bit. Uh, quite frankly, after clocking over 20,000 one-on-one coaching hours, I don't think most people are in a comfort zone. I think most people, when they put their head on their pillow at night, if the truth were known, they're really more in a discomfort zone. So I want you to think about this over the next few days or the next week. Are you really in a comfort zone or are you in a discomfort zone? And a phrase I often share is inspired friction. If you do not have enough a large enough degree of inspired friction or that tension between what you want and what you're not working towards to get more of, your, of what you want is that inspired friction. And one thing that has helped me over the course of time is to always have something on your calendar that terrifies you. Some goal, some quest, some journey that truly uh, tests uh, your boundaries. Um, Two quick examples. One, I'm on a quest to do 10,000 burpees this year and get into the strongest shape of my life. This morning I passed 4,000. I'm at 4,020 burpees at a pace of 30 per day. The second thing is this last week, I registered to be a contestant in a speaking contest in October. Trust me, uh, amongst the 50 contestants, uh, the pressure will be on as being a past president of the National Speakers Association. I am mortified and horrified uh, to put myself in this ring. Um, but I thought I need something to really amp up my game for the next 10 years. And I thought the best thing I can do besides going on a 500 mile walk every few years to 10,000 burpees, to competing in a Spartan race, um, get in the game. Thank you, Henry.
0: Thank you, Mark. You know, getting in shape is hard. I just wanted to tell you, I'm at day 23,392 of not doing a bar- burpee. It's it's a, yes. <laughs> I'm hanging in there. Hey, Mark, um, we've got a minute. I wanted to know if I could put you on the spot for something about defining paragraph, seven sentence defining paragraph.
2: Mm-hmm. Now
0: I'm saying I'm putting Mark on the spot. We... We wouldn't want to sneak into his place in Minneapolis at 3 a.m. on Christmas morning. But if I did and I showed, I said, Mark, give me your defining paragraph. He could give it. We should all be so familiar and conversational with it. Um, There's a reason I'm asking for this. Would you mind just sharing yours? Oh,
2: for sure. Um, First, thank you for asking. Uh, My name is Mark LeBlanc. And I run a speaking business based out of Minneapolis. Um, I create uh, experiences and conduct presentations for professionals who want to create an extreme sliver of focus and put more money in their pocket as a business owner. As a business coach, I've clocked over 20,000 one on one coaching hours with people who want to start or grow uh, their business. In fact, I wrote Uh, The book, my first book, is titled Growing Your Business. As a result of my work, uh, people often share they are more focused on a daily basis, able to attract more prospects, uh, stimulate more referrals, and ultimately create a path and a plan for generating more business. And on a personal note, um, in my Uh, Spare time when I'm not speaking or coaching. Um, I go on short uh, 500-mile walks across Spain, and next year I will do number four.
0: Thank you, Mark. The, The aspect of it I wanted everybody to note was what's called the credibility statement. And you need to look for this. You're always refining it. As I write columns for people on Forbes.com, I regularly ask them if they want me to write about them, give me your credibility statement in 20 words or less. And most describe themselves in the same blah, blah, blah way. They say, oh, I've been an attorney for 16 years. Well, I've been golfing longer than Tiger Woods. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing something. Mark gave the specific measurable results in that he said he's clocked 20,000 hours. Uh, he said it in his bit of wisdom, he said it in his defining statement. It makes you go, wow, um, he has other ones he could interchange. Uh, he's helped over a thousand people become professional speakers. There are others. And then he brought in his book. So it was a one two punch with a measurable result and his book. Think about that when you're putting together. For more details, if you don't have our book, Defining You by Mark, Kathy McAfee, and myself, please just ask. Um, Suzanne, put it in the chat where they can email me and I'll get them a, a PDF copy of that book. It's vital for authors and speakers to be ready to deliver that speech that Mark just did. That is the most important speech you will ever give, and you need to give it all the time. Earlier today, I had four of our authors on the small scale seminar that I did on Zoom. And each one used a defining paragraph and worked it in naturally into their five minutes. And it was so powerful. That's recorded, by the way. Suzanne, maybe you can tell them in the chat on how to find the recording of that if they wanna see it in action. I was very proud of our effort today because the content was also everything we did. We demonstrate everything we want people to do. And the four authors that I featured, it was a showcase for them. And many of you have had showcases with me and you'll continue to have showcases. Um, So you need to stand and deliver. We were talking about the new normal. And one of the things about the new normal is you have to be ready to rock five minutes. Sometimes I've been put on stage for one minute. I told the story about as a meeting planner, I invited a consultant an author to speak at a conference for 20 minutes. And their answer to me was, oh no, I can't do that. I need 90 minutes on the program. That's what I need. I need 90 minutes to convey my message. Well, that's the wrong answer. You know, Mark lives in a world of multiple right answers. I live in a world of some wrong answers, and that's one of them. You you can't do that. You need to be able to stand and deliver, just like Mark did there. Thank you. Small-scale seminars. I did one on Zoom today. We call them Zoominars. News I am going to Chicago and on July 30th, I'm doing my first live marketing with a book and speech seminar, three hours. We're going in depth on a Friday for $400. I've rented the Weston meeting room at Weston O'Hare, talking to local groups to get them out. Other people will use LinkedIn. It's, I think we're coming into the new normal. I've got another one scheduled in the fall in New York. I'm not gonna do as many of these live as I used to. Mark and I have done a hundred of these summits live. Most now we're doing monthly virtually and that's okay. There are still key markets I'm gonna go to. Um, Yesterday I was invited to uh, UC Irvine in Orange County. They want me to do a summit up there in the fall uh, live. They've, They've opened the university again for these events. so But let's talk about it and let's have our guest, I really want to have him share his view. Okay, the year is 2015. The place, Chicago, Illinois. And Craig Louder was at a crossroads. He was a veteran sales process consultant, uh, but he'd really hit the ceiling on revenues and, and he didn't know what to do. Uh, he was in the hundred to $400,000 sweet spot. So he was there, but he wanted to have more impact and influence. He was also frustrated because he saw the path ahead was being maxed out and burning out. And that's not what he wanted. Um, he also had a family he needed to spend time and enjoy life with. And all these things were the frustrations that brought him. To a marketing with a book and speech summit, a small-scale seminar. Um, he attended. He heard Mark speak. He heard me speak. And afterwards, he wanted to have a conversation. We. It was a no-selling zone event. He liked that. He liked that it was a no-selling zone. A lot of pressure, Craig. When you're talking to a sales expert and you're doing business development, and you don't want to, you don't want to look like a salesperson, but you want to sell. So how does you do that? Well. Sometimes salespeople are the easiest people to sell, let me tell you, because they are students of the game and they appreciate what's going on and they can see it. They, I see what you did there. And he certainly saw what we did. I asked him, what was the visible finish line? He said, if I could increase revenues by 25%, that would be a dream. As my Mother, uh, my brother of another mother, Mark LeBlanc, says, um, Are you willing to trade your days for your dreams and not just survival? So Craig Lauder was willing to trade his days. We created together the book Smooth Selling Forever. Um, Overall, he invested $20,000 to get help in writing, publishing, and some promotion. What did he get as a result? Well, Craig reports he got a higher conversion rates. He was able to charge more. Um, and the relationships with the clients became stickier. Uh, clients walked into the meetings sometimes with his book, dog-eared post-it notes all over it. And they really wanted to have a serious conversation. It took things farther. And sure enough, he had more impact and influence and he had more money in the bank. His revenues increased more than 35% for three years running. Overall, he estimates his return on investment at 10x or 1,000%. Best of all, he says, instead of being maxed out, he added a lucrative stream to his other revenue streams. And so he had the revenue streams of training and speaking, and his revenue per hour also grew by one-third he also had more time to enjoy life with his family. More cash flow and more time to enjoy life. With that, I'd like to introduce our author and my friend, Craig Louder.
1: Thank you, Henry. Uh, I'm really humbled to be here in such a very high level group. Uh, The only thing I am going to say to Henry is go Cardinals uh, versus go Dodgers. And maybe if we put the two teams together, we could have a winning team. Uh, But that being said, uh, both Henry and Mark have been extremely beneficial, uh, extremely valuable to my success. Uh, Supported by other trusted advisors and my book, Smooth Selling Forever, which Henry just uh, mentioned the regular facilitation of small-scale seminars has been instrumental to my success as a strategic sales consultant. Since 2017, I can attribute over 20 new clients and $825,000 in personal income, in addition to the clients that came through other sources. Uh, So, Today, I wanted to share my experience, including the five key building blocks to my success with small-scale seminars. And this is me talking a lot of what I've talked about, probably a majority of what I'm talking about, I've learned from others, in particular, Henry and Mark. So what I'd like to share with you, my five building blocks that I've walked away with. Uh, Number one building block is connectors. Identifying the right people to connect with if you're looking to build your small sales seminar business. That means that you're swimming in the same pond, that their target rich audience mirrors your target rich audience. You also need to look for connectors where you can easily give back to them and demonstrate value. So rather than you're fighting the way into their circle of influence, uh, they're pulling you in because they see the value that you can provide them. And then finally, they're also seeking to build a referral network. So just like the rest of us, we're looking for that small group of people that we can count on to help one another out. And we all have a common goal. So connectors is number one. Number two, building block number two is groups. Targeting the right groups that will realize value from the services that you deliver. There are a lot of groups out there, a ton of groups that potentially you can speak to but in terms of your return on investment you have to be judicious with your time and ensure that you're focused on those groups that will see value uh, in what you're delivering For groups in my particular case business owners who is my those are my primary targets groups like vistage uh, renaissance executive forums eos trade associations business alliance group and other trusted advisors, do not forget about tr- other trusted advisors that do work that is complementary to what you do, including those people that are fractional people. And they also, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, they're also interested in building the referral network. And if you are introduced into those group by respected or trusted advisors, your chance of delivering a small sales seminar grows up dramatically. Whether it's a pro bono, it's free, or somebody has offered to pay you uh, to deliver the small scale content. And small scale, I should probably say, we're talking about 12 participants or less. I find that my most effective groups are between eight and 10. And you'll understand that in just a little bit a bit because it needs to be highly interactive. People need to be engaged. They need to feel like you're talking to them. Building block number three is messaging. And that gets down to delivering the right content to the group that you're gonna be speaking to. And typically I found that content falls into one of three areas. You're there to address some common problems that that audience experiences that you can share new ideas with them. Folks are always looking for new ideas and different ways of doing things. Even though they may be reluctant to change, they are looking for new ideas. And everyone is also looking for new best practices that they can employ in their own business and take home. So your messaging needs needs to be relevant to the group, needs to address common problems, share new ideas, and or best practices with them. I found those themes to be very successful in getting booked. Uh, Building block number four, the seminars needs to be, content needs to be highly interactive. What I found and what I normally open my small sales seminars with, I'll ask them what's their wow factor for the day? What do you want to walk out with? walk out with. And I'll put that on an easel and I'll make sure that I address the purpose and the outcomes that the participants are seeking uh, to gain. I use a lot of open-ended questions to engage people, to involve them. And those questions need to be you focused. We have a tendency to talk in we, I, you. We, there's no accountability. We are all in the picture, but we don't know who's gonna do what. If I talk about myself, I, I'm talking at somebody, not to them. If I frame my questions in terms of you, that draws them into the picture. They're trying to find their way into the setting and try to answer the questions that you're posing. I seek continual feedback on every Tenet, every concept that I present to make sure that people stay fully engaged and ensuring that I'm seeking out people who haven't yet participated in the small skill seminar. And then finally, um, I try to spend no the more than 40% of my time in, in talking. And typically I'm targeting between 25 and 33%. The best small scale seminar facilitators I've seen, they are high energy where everyone is actively engaged. And the facilitator is really setting up the group uh, for ongoing conversation. And I found that to be very uh, successful in um, getting people to change the way that they're currently doing things. And then finally, uh, tell stories. And I think everyone knows this. Use stories as proof points. And I think more importantly is to make sure that you're drawing on emotion, that you're inspiring their, your audience so that they can see themselves in the story. And, and typically, those are the, those are the five things I'm really looking at when I'm looking at to book a small-scale seminar or I'm delivering a small-scale seminar. Connectors and groups are just a means of targeting. Uh, I know Mark teaches a very good process of targeting. Messaging is important, and the last two, four, and five highly interactive content and telling stories is all about the delivery of the content uh, to your audience. So with that, I'll be happy to open it up uh, to questions. And I will also suggest to you, if you're interested, I will give you a one-page handout of what I talked about over the last few minutes. And if you'd like to have a conversation with me, 30 minutes or so, and say, hey, what are you experiencing? What are your thoughts? I would be more than happy to do that. All you need to do is send me your email address and we'll put something on the calendar.
0: Um, Joe Palo, I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but if you don't do that, you're making an enormous mistake. I already made a note, thank you, Henry. Okay, you're welcome. Uh, Thanks so much, Craig. I'll ask some questions and other people, um, put your questions in the chat as they come up and Suzanne and I will review, but, um, Craig, I just wanted to start with what is your what? Uh, What is your work about? What's fueling you? Uh, Because you're at the top of the game.
1: Uh, It's all about creating life abundance for my clients. One of the things that I see is there's no congruency between the objectives of someone's vocation or their business and the dreams that they have for their life. So what I'm focusing on is trying to find ways to create life abundance. And the way that I've been given to do that through experience and through the big guy upstairs or big lady upstairs is enabling them to generate predictable and sustainable sales growth by making sure that they have a strategic strategy, sales operation systems to support the strategy, and they have right people, right seats. Bottom line, I want them to live their dream lifestyle.
0: Nice. Well, let's talk about your who and how your who has changed, or if you're serving two who's now. And um, sounds like a Dr. Seuss novel, The Who and the Whoville and the Who. But so, who's your who?
1: Um, they are typically businesses. Small to medium-sized business, they've been in business five or more years. Typically they range in seven to $100 million in revenue, and they hit, they've hit the proverbial ceiling. They wanna scale and they don't know how to do that. So I enable them by assessing, designing, and deploying the infrastructure that they'll need to create predictable and sustainable growth. And due to my book and due to the seminars that I do, I've also wanted to go down market, simplify the content, and work with people like just like us on the call. And I put together a program called the Star Guide to Smooth Selling, targeting messaging, documenting the sales journey and sales processes, making sure you've got the right performance metrics. And if you're a solopreneur like I am, it's all about quality lead generation and making sure you've got a, a path to a high conversion rate that is profitable for you.
0: In Smooth Selling Forever, you practice what you preached here. You did lead with the stories and measurable results. I always noticed about you from day one that you were very much focused on what could be measured. As as Lord Kelvin said, if what you know cannot be measured your knowledge is of a meager and unsatisfactory kind. So that, that's Craig Louder. If with all the people you're working with, it's about measuring. Do you wanna share a little bit about that?
1: Well, you know, the old adage, uh, if you don't know your destination or any road will get you there. And I personally feel that leads to very a very unfulfilled life. So I'm big on objectives, big on goals quantifiable, uh, or shall we say measurable. I'm a big fan of SMART goals, specific, measurable, um, uh, action-oriented time frame, and you're targeting on results. And it could be something as straightforward to revenue or profit goals, to uh, first-time appointments, to a healthy sales funnel, to making sure on the personal side that you're taking time off for your family and building a default calendar where you're taking four weeks off for vacation and putting it on the calendar to ensure that your focus, as Jimmy Collins say, you have a time target and you're working on those things that are important in your life versus being distracted with just the mundane that are really not gonna get any closer to your goals.
0: Thank you, Craig. And for a little inside look there, I didn't tell Craig I was gonna ask that question. And just look at how smoothly he had it. He knows his material. He could chop this up, deliver a number of ways. I think a lot of that came from your experience with Vistage and speaking at Vistage International. Would you mind sharing a bit about your journey with Vistage, you you mentioned them as uh, a key group when you spoke
1: yeah thank you Henry uh visage is a target rich audience for me uh, however I will say that I'm very I'm driven by the heart and I've been surrounded by people like Henry and Mark and I don't know if Henry remembers the real story I almost got beat up by a fellow author uh, who basically kicked me into his session because I had this thing called procrastination which I'm very good at so I think what it really gets down to, it has to come from the heart. It doesn't come from the head. You have to have passion and be motivated to do what you need to do to get what, what you want to get done. And that's uh, really what drives me. Vistage, um, as I mentioned, those, those people are a target audience. Now, how do you get into Vistage? And I learned from Dean Menudo, who had spoke at one of the Indie Books and Families. I was an expert speaker. Uh, And I don't know how many of you have spoken at Vistage. You raise your hand, anyone? Anyone spoken at Vistage? Okay. The best of the best speak at Vistage. You can get paid for that. But as Dean Menudo said at an Indie Books and, and Family event, you're against the best. And we had three people in that room who stood up and they were freaking mesmerizing. They knew their stuff. They were good. So I started doing free seminars, small-scale seminars. I'll do a Lunch and Learn, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, because the expectations, quite frankly, were a little bit lower, and I could be highly interactive. It wasn't a full-blown presentation. And as a result of taking that direction, every small sales seminar that I did with the Vistage chair resulted in at least one new client. I've never struck out in about 40 different uh, presentations. I've always had one, and I've had as high as many as three. Uh, I would say it's hard to get into the group. Vistage has their people. They have their speakers. Um, Be prepared to deliver more than what's expected of you. And if you do a great job, uh, the word will get around. And you'll get calls from one chair from another. Hey, I heard you spoke at so-and-so's chair on this topic uh, a month ago. Uh, Can you come to my group? Or what other topics do you speak on? And part of that is making sure that you've got those one, two, three. I have three topics that I feature. But I also tell them, based upon the needs of your group, tell me what your group is challenged with in the area of sales, and I'll create a lunch and learn for you that's targeted specifically at their needs. In a lot of cases, as I said earlier, it's highly interactive. So we're asking them up front. We want you to come in for lunch and learn. OK, what challenges are you facing? It goes on the whiteboard. What would you like to walk away with? OK, let's talk. And what that does? hopefully for you as it's done for me is they no, it's not a prepared, not a canned presentation, but rather that you really know your stuff and you have wisdom because you've applied what you're teaching based on your experience. Is that what you're
0: looking for? That's great. So it's going to lead into a next question. And and I also wanted to thank Dean Menudo, one of our authors who, um, kicked my fanny until I got on the Vistage circuit. And if anyone's interested in this, I have a monograph and I interviewed uh, Dean and he has great advice on the subject. He, He was Vistage Speaker of the Year. And also we had Michael Alasso come out and speak. He is the greatest Vistage speaker of all time. Last I checked, he had over 1500 Vistage presentations. And that's not how he made his money. And and he probably gets 1500 of Vistage speech. I get 500 per Vistage speech. So it's not about the money Vistage pays you. It's what happens as a result. Vistage could have the high caliber speakers they have and not pay us anything. They know that. It's symbolic in what they're paying. They, they have curated a thousand of us speakers on different topics, and I'll echo Craig's sentiments. It's a pride-swallowing siege. Um, I've told Mark horror stories about things that happen at Vistage with the members because there's a lot of uh, alpha males, uh, bullies, <coughs> bullies, um, who will try to push you around as a speaker. And you have to do what you always have to do to a bully, which is uh, punch them in the nose, but that symbolically, not real fisticuffs, but but they get the best of the best and they have a lot of pride about that, that it means something to be a Vistage speaker who speaks at Vistage on a regular basis. And it gives you access to CEOs who are running companies of five to up to a hundred million. I think the sweet spot is five to 50 million. And there's 23,000 of those CEOs and nobody gathers CEOs like Vistage gathers CEOs. Okay, let's go to the next question here. And it's about details on the small scale seminar. What have you found works as an ideal length? How do you get people into the room? Um, What have you tried? Um, what's working, what's not working for you, please share.
1: Okay. Um, I don't know how everyone is going to react to this, but my approach is I've always been looking for sponsors who are going to put the seats or put people in the seats. I've done several on my own leveraging my network, uh, but their outcome, the results have not been as high as having a sponsor. So what's worked? Um, Hour or less, 45 minutes. And now that we're in the virtual world, as you probably all heard, virtual meetings, virtual presentations, 20 to 40 minutes, and I target 20 to 25 minutes. What's happened is people are learning. They want a faster pace. They want a high level. They want it hard hitting. And if they have an interest in what you say, they will come back to you and ask for details. In terms of the rooms themselves, I'm a firm believer, you know, if you can have a boardroom type of setting that makes everyone feel good about themselves, or a U-shaped setting, or Chevron setting, uh, that's great but the way I look at it is you're trying to generate a destination for these people. Yes, they're coming to see you speak or see me speak, but at the same time, the people that are in the room and how they're treated by their sponsor, the food provided, the way that you dress, is, is very, very important and understanding, for example, who your audience is and how you dress. And I'll go back to John Malloy's book from what was it, 1960 something, uh, how to dress for success, always dress one level up from your audience. Uh, the last thing you want to do is uh, go in with a all dressed up and everybody's sitting there in the blue jeans or khakis on uh, because they don't feel that you're part of them. So I try to fit in with the group. The other thing that I do before I speak, I like to get there early and talk to the people that are gonna be in the room, have questions um, for them, build a camaraderie. It helps me focus my content, content, but at the same time, I think we all get nervous when we go up and speak in front of some people, particularly to people that we haven't spoken with or we don't know And what I find for myself, just having these little side conversation takes the edge off. One of the truly great speakers that I saw was Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup for the Soul. And he did the same thing. Not only did he come up before the event and work the breakout, or not the breakout sessions, but the coffee break sessions before he went on stage, and he hung around after. In fact, where we're at, we had a hula uh, luau afterwards and he hung around but it was like just talking to a friend and family and i find it uh, makes it much easier to establish relationships
0: mark leblanc do you happen to have an opinion on ideal size getting people in the room and all that for small scale seminars uh
2: oh. Well, yes, I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's, that was the softball, yeah. Well, yes, I do. <laughs> um, uh,
2: it was January of 1994 when I had nothing going on. My calendar was completely empty. And I woke up one morning and I thought, I need to speak. And I made a commitment to do two uh, no fee presentations every 30 days. And I've honored that commitment. Uh, I may have missed maybe five months in the last uh, 25 plus years, Uh, but all all good things in my world lead back to what we now call the showcase strategy. But I, I built my business my little empire. I think that might be an oxymoron on the mantra where two or three are gathered in the name of growing their business. By God, I want to be there. And, and people get so wrapped up into the perfection trap when it comes to creating a round table, um, uh, just a small group, you know, um, uh, most of us have a database. Most of us have an email list. Most of us have connections on LinkedIn. You know, I've had some good success with just creating an opportunity and picking up the phone and making 20 telephone calls or sending 20 emails to favorite past clients and saying, Hey, I'm doing this thing on uh, June 30th. Um, sometimes I don't even give it a name. Um, But I'm going to be bringing, you know, it's going to be just a small group thing and uh, from nine to 1030 uh, and I'm going to bring you up to speed with some new depth and detail on my nine best practices for growing a business. So sometimes you don't have to go to the uh, investment of fancy marketing tools, just create a thing. Um, You know, it's the it's the great gateway to doing more of the good work that you are called and compelled to do. It is the ultimate strategy. And every other strategy that I do is in synergy or integrated with the showcase strategy. So whether it's two or three or five or seven or 12 to 15, let go of this notion that uh, the quantity of people is the determining factor. I'd rather, share, create an opportunity for five or seven, um, then feel bad because I didn't get 30. Um, It's about the, it's about getting the profile of your right and perfect fit uh, people. And then, you know, part of our brand is generosity. It's it's not a, it's a non-selling zone. It's a non-pitching zone. And if you craft a great evaluation form, and you leave some breadcrumbs or clues on the evaluation form, you will begin to generate a, uh, a reputation of, you know, LeBlanc didn't even try to sell us something at this event. Um, in fact, he never even mentioned it. Somebody asked him and he wouldn't even talk about it. Um, you know, it, it, it must be kind of unique or special to work with somebody like him. So You know, all of these strategic decisions go to the strategy and the creation of your brand. Thank you,
0: Mark. The year was 2005. See how we're starting our stories? The year was 2005. This is a cautionary tale. Fred, based on a true story, but I'm changing names to protect privacy. Fred was a CEO who retired from being a CEO and he was now going to be a management consultant. And he came to me and before we could do the book, he needed clients. So I said, for the topic of the book, let's put on a small scale seminar. Okay, great. What's your topic? We do it. I said, how many people do you have in your pipeline right now? Zero. So he has zero prospects in his pipeline. We put on a small scale seminar and four C-level executives attend, who could hire him or recommend and refer to him. He gives his showcase. I thought he did a fine job. It's over. There was evaluations where people could see if they wanted a no cost strategy call later, okay? And he came to me and said, well, that was an utter failure. I said, I'm sorry, what do you mean? He said, well, that was an utter failure. I said, how do you see that? When I was a CEO, I used to speak to large rooms of people. I said, yeah, one, you're not a CEO anymore. And two, how many prospects do you have in your pipeline right now? Four. I said, from zero to four, sounds pretty good to me. Now work those four and do this again. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. Um, So sometimes pride gets involved, our pride about, well, I need to be speaking to large rooms of people. You don't, Mark jokes two or three, Um, I'll say four to eight. I rather have four to eight in the room of people who knew my topic and wanted to be there than to speak to 30 people or 40 or 50 in hopes that there's a couple of people in the audience who'd be, be interested. So let go of quantity on the timing and Mark mentioned 90 minutes um, Mark and I have done three hours. We used to do, what was it, like six hours? And then we said, well, what if we cut it down to four and a half hours? And then we said, what if we cut it down to three? Well, attendance went up and uh, people who signed up to work with us went up when we got it down to three hours. I've heard from people like marketing people, we mentioned Chicken Soup for the Soul, Mark Victor Hansen, that three hours is the max. So on Zoom, we're finding 45 minutes to an hour. Um, You can't do a full hour on Zoom. And I'm gonna let you go here pretty quick because a lot of people have things going on at the top of the hour. So you need to let people go. Uh, I wanna thank Craig and everyone for participating today. I think this is a very important topic and we're going to have more speakers on it. This is the game changer. If you're not having a metric where you're doing a showcase every month, you might want to consider that. So thank you for your attention today. Thanks for coming on. And this is Henry DeVries signing off and looking forward to talking with you again on another podcast for Marketing with a Book. Thanks, everybody.